What's up, Raw Talks TV? I'm your host, Lenore, and here is where the people connect to the story. What's up, you guys? We are here with yet another episode. I'm so excited just to, you know, do this interview today. I have a special guest. His name is Ayo. He's Nigerian. He's a Yoruba man. Don't get it twisted. Um, but we're just going to shed light on who he is as a person. I think one of the most important things about this particular story and not enough people talk about it because I think it's a taboo topic amongst black people is being a single father and taking on that leadership role because a lot of black black men feel that they don't. But before we jump into that, I just want to give our audience a background on who you are. So this man... Yeah. Say hello. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so I met Ao in like 2017, 2018, and I released my uh, Ooh, prophetic phrases yeah. and blind faith book. He did, yeah. yeah, he did my first uh, interview on his uh, radio show, the High Soul uh, Broadcast. Here located in Springfield, you see Illinois. How the tables turn. You I know see what happens. You see? You I, see know. I know. I was like, I was thinking about that earlier. I was like, dang, like he was interviewing me, now yeah, I'm interviewing yeah, him. Yeah. But it's not bad at that. Yeah. Oh, I story. mean, but I always like either I like being in, in front of the camera and behind. Like yeah. I'm just all about storytelling. So yeah, yeah that's that was a minute ago. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, a lot has happened in five years. Yeah. It don't even seem like, especially with the pandemic and everything, it's been yeah. like crazy or whatever. Um, but yeah, so let's let's get into this interview because I know that my listeners are like, what? She got to get a male's perspective? Yes. Y'all know how I feel about the black men. I love the black men. I love the black perspective. I love showing that, you know, you all are educated. You guys do take responsibility and you're leaders more than anything. So um, we're going to double back. We're going to go back to like 2015 when you when you had your beautiful daughter, Catalina. Tell me about just the experience about when you found out you were a father and what was your main focus um, when you got that news? Man, so when I found out I was a father, I was, you know, uh, working at a factory, you know, and um, I just remember whenever she told me, I remember whenever, like, she called me up, of course, you women love to call instead of just waiting for us to come. I say you all do that, but, you know. Anyway, she called me, you know, I had the moment of silence, and she was like, oh, so you mad? I'm like, no, I'm happy, you know, like, you know, really thinking about it, because, you know, I'm human, and people forget that, you know, like, on both sides of the fence, like, the woman and guy, like, we're human, so when something, anything big comes into your life or is mm-hmm. said to you, you're going to take a second, and mm-hmm. I think the other partner needs to take a second to be like, that's okay, you know, right. that's a lot, let it breathe, mm-hmm. you got the breather by yourself when you found out, you know, mm-hmm. so... Um, once we got over that and we went on like our little quiet long walk or whatever it was after that, I was in game mode, you know, like I just felt like all my life I had been trying to become like this Mm -hmm. person. Like I remember like (laughs) every year, I don't know if people still do that, but I know every year before like, you know, school would start or whatever, I'd be like, okay, this year, you know what I mean? I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. Uh-huh. I'm going to be the, you know, I'm going to make this amount of money. And so I just, whenever my daughter, I, I got, you know, told I was going to have a daughter, it was just that realization, like, when are you going to start talking about it and become right. that person you were meant to be? Right. You know? So yeah. that literally, I mean, what happened. So was there anything that uh, frightened you? Um, I know a lot of times black men 
internalize their experience, whether they had their father present or not? Was there anything that you felt like, I will not do this or I will make sure that I do this? So what was like the, um, that, that dialogue? I mean, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but you know what I mean? I'm blessed to, you know what I mean, come from, you know, a culture and, you know, uh, a family where I can't remember, um, you know, going back in time and being like grandpa, great grandpa, great, great grandpa wasn't mm-hmm. there. The men in our family have always been there. Right. So one thing I wasn't going to do was, you know, start the chapter off wrong, no matter right. what side of the ocean I was on or where I was in life, you know, the biggest, scariest thing for me at that time was, you know, I was broke, you know what I mean? Like, like all, like, I want to say when I came back, you know, to Springfield, you know, I just didn't really, that's why I kind of started working at the factory because, you know, a lot of people moved on with their lives and mm-hmm. some of the connects and some of the plugs that I had on just different ways to make money, you know, just wasn't there no more. So it was just like, man, I, I was just broke. And, you know, mm-hmm. and that was the scariest thing where I was like, okay, do I get into trying to get a, real bigger job or do mm-hmm. I get back into trying to sell drugs? Do I get back into trying to rot? Like, I mean, when you live in a one bedroom apartment, you have a trouble paying your rent. All these things go through your head. You're like, right. do I go back to school? Do I, you know, right. What do I do? What do I do? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, um, at the time, um, me and the uh, mother of my child, I was just telling her about like an idea that like, I've always wanted to create an entertainment company mm-hmm. called, uh, well, at the time, I didn't even know what it was going to be called. Just told her I wanted to create an entertainment company, you know. And she was just like, well, you know, we're about to have a kid. Just make sure, you know, if you go to school, I'll leave you alone. But if you don't go to school, work a job, I'm going to be on your ass. You know? <laughs> like, she was not playing with you. Yeah, so I, you know, I, she, I kept my end of the deal. I went to MTI. I graduated. I actually have an LPN degree. I just never used it. <laughs> I just never mm-hmm. used it because at the time when uh, we were getting closer to finding the jobs and stuff, that's when like I started like really putting HISO together, like, you know, building that studio over there on Yale before I got this building. So I was already doing so much over there. I was like, how do I concentrate with trying to run this business and a nine to five? And I know Maybe at this time I might have, but at, man, I think I was, I'm 30 now, so I was 25, 24 years old. I Mm. just, that was just something I couldn't do was work a nine to five and run a business. So I gambled on the business and Mm -hmm. thank God I did. (laughs) Right. Because you, I mean, you're doing very well. And I, uh, I want to double back because I I like the piece about, you know, um, saying that all the men were represented when you were mm-hmm. growing up. And sometimes that is where, but you are African. We mm-hmm. cannot act like you're just a regular black American man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're an African man, and that is definitely a standard, especially for Nigerian men. I do mm-hmm. know that. So um, even with that being said, and you're trying to figure out everything, the placement for your daughter, you know, and getting things together for her as well as yourself, because you're growing, you're a growing mm-hmm. young man, mm-hmm. and you're like, man, what the heck mm-hmm. am I about to do? Mm-hmm. So you went more of the entrepreneurial route because I I mean, you've had like nine to fives, like the, the, so, right? Man, would, or no? No, I see. I was one of them people, man. I'm not even going to lie hustler. to you. Yeah, I you was always, a hustler, like, baby. I always, like ever since I was like 15 years old, I work a job and I trap. Like I trap, I do other things, and still work a job. I just always been into getting money. Like I was never the type of person to really play sports or like right. you know. Um, I mean. I, like, I never even really went to, like, homecoming or prom because of certain situations. Do you regret myself. that? 
Uh, yeah, because sometimes when people talk about it, you know, I'm like, dang, you know, that would have been cool, you know, to try it out. Like, I think I might have actually went to one homecoming, but I think, don't you have like two or three or something you, like that? Four, oh, if you four, lucky. Yeah, four. Homecomings in so, high school. You can go to freshman, yeah, sophomore. Unfortunately, junior. my uh, sophomore and senior year, I had to spend every weekend in the detention uh, facility. And just looking at you, you wouldn't even think that you, like, <laughs> had this background. <laughs> of money of all these different things like how do you you know how did you get into that uh i think not i think i know when i was a just i want to say when i was younger like 11 years old like once again i think especially you know since i was at that age that's like elementary i think it was 11 elementary is at middle school met that's Mm, that's like sixth grade okay so yeah i think that's like, like the pivotal yeah. stage for especially like a boy you know like mm-hmm. whether or not you're gonna get into sports you're gonna get into this you're gonna get into that and i just happened to be around some older people that were really plugged in and since you know like and it and don't get it wrong it wasn't that they ever wanted to put me on or anything right. like that i was just mm-hmm. always around until it got to the point like, where come, like, on, yeah, yeah, come, come on yeah like, come on like no they're and it got to the point, too, where it was just like, like, I, I'm one of them people. I don't really like handouts. So it's just mm-hmm. like, bro, don't give me the money. Show me how to make the money. Right. They're like, I'm cool. No. Like, show me how to drink. I, t- you can take me like a horse to the water. I'll drink. That's all I need. If you can right. give me that, I promise you, I might even work harder than you do. Like, that's just how I've always been, you know, especially when it comes to knowledge. Like, so. Uh, considering, in fact, everything that you've been building, this uh, mighty empire. Over the time, no, that's that's real though. I don't think a lot of people uh, could really be as transparent about you know how they got into certain things, how they made money, the decisions that mentally that they had to make, and then like where they are now. And like, of course, the listeners are still like trying to figure out who's this guy. I think that's what like you know who 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 is Ao? Who is this person right here? I think that's what like confuses people the most, you know, especially when I came up because it's just like how I came up like once again like I just never really been into handouts so mm-hmm. can you imagine here's this 24 25 year old you know that be guy in this town where some of these people been the stuff that I'm doing they've been doing for decades mm-hmm. trying to really build this and then here I am like I come along they like first of all where did this money come from where did this come like and you know me being African they like man are you a uh, you got a relative of a king or a queen like i mean they'll say the most they like man maybe a rich uh relative helped him out or maybe this or maybe that or maybe he's still selling drugs not realizing like i really got it out the mud like you know i really had to show like you know um a bank trail i really had to go meet with the right people to get loans i really had to take chances with banks to really help me do this like right. you know like i really i mean what I'm blessed at is that that first studio that I had, you know, like the rent was cheap. It was like 200 bucks a month, you know what I mean, for that place out there. It was there. back back then. Back then. Back, yeah, back, yeah, then. back now. then. But I mean, I can say in that six, seven, maybe maybe in nine months, I had racked up almost 20 grand out of that place. Oh, wow. And I mean. that Where you interviewed me at? Um, was it in here? 
No, no, no. It was at yeah. the little... Yeah, the back. little... Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. Yeah, and so I used some of that money, plus, like I said, the loans and just with the bank, because they didn't want to give me a chance. I mean, I'm the example of, you know, a black entrepreneur that had no credit, too young, like, I mean, and now this building just got appraised for 300000 Like, at the time, what do you call, trying to gamble on me... You know, put a $200,000 situation into a young person's hand like that is unheard of. I just came correct. I mean, one thing I think that I've always been good at is if I want it, like, I know how to, like, I know how to shoot. If I got to be a chameleon a little bit, if I got to keep my mouth closed to the right opportunity to talk, I know how to do it. Like, yeah. I'm not, I guess pride ain't never really been a thing to me. So. Yeah. I mean, that's good. That's real good. And I feel like that was a, a good synopsis of, like, if people want to, like, try to pinpoint, like, what does God do? It's like, I show up where, where necessary. And yeah. I think... Even just me being from Chicago, like, that's how we grew up. Like, go get it. Yeah. Any way you need to get it, get, get it. it. And figuring out, and I think that adaptability is what makes you uh, a good entrepreneur, you know. Um, I feel like a lot of people who don't have that, uh, don't get tested in certain mm -hmm. areas, they can't, they can't, like, make stuff shake. It's like, oh, well, one plan A, yeah. my A failed. No, you're yeah. supposed to have A, B, C, D, and E or whatever. But um, I think that's good. Um, I want to kind of switch gears here a little bit and um just go back to you know talking about your daughter and how that was how it was um raising her i know for um for what we briefly talked about is that you're a single father you have been a single father and that you know different situations in in with with the mother your child hasn't been 100 percent. can you just elaborate a little bit more on that pertaining to how you got full custody and like what that looks like on a day-to-day -day basis uh, man, what it looks like on a day-to-day -day basis is, you know, um, that's one thing that, you know, I can really say that I do appreciate about a single mom, you know. Um, until you walk, you know, in a single mom's, you know, shoes, you don't really understand how that feels, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. you don't understand the type of, like me, I'm lucky that, you know, a village is raising my kid. I'm lucky that, you know, I got a good support system to help me and stuff. But a lot of people don't, you know. Mm -hmm. And can you imagine, you know, not having the right support system and trying to do your dreams? Just not, maybe not even your dreams, just trying to get to the next chapter of your life. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, you got to make sacrifices for your kids. And that's why a lot of people end up staying in the positions that they are at and raising their kids to make sure their kids have the best but then they become, you know, I want to say angry, but, you know, they grow up not feeling necessarily bitter, but like, man, could I have done more, mm -hmm. you know? And so I guess what I'm getting at is that um, that in itself taught me, but it also kept me out of trouble, too. You know, I can say that, you know, having being a single dad and having my kid, you know what I mean? I'm not like the type of dad that has his kids on the weekend. I have my kid every single day, you mm -hmm. know, and so, you know. If it's not, like, work-related or an event that I need to be at, you know what mm -hmm. I mean, you usually won't see me out there, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I'm trying to learn to be a little bit better now that, you know, um, getting out and kind of, because, you know, you got to show your face. But, mm -hmm. I mean, for a while there, I wouldn't because it's just like, man, I got a daughter that, you know, and I'm very... How do I say I'm very particular on who watches my kids? So only my mm -hmm. mom and like my aunt and maybe just a very few selective like people, maybe three to four people. And so if those people can't watch, I'm good. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I have bro man, I have five brothers. <laughs> you know, I have mm -hmm. plenty, man. My mom has 
almost 13 brothers and sisters. My dad has almost seven, eight. Oh, so wow. I have a big, big family. family. Mm-hmm. But I just don't play with my daughter. I don't right. really like to play with the what if games. I don't really like to take, you know what I mean, chances with her. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. feel like if I do anything right, you know, with this life that I live, we'll be making sure that, you know, she's able to live right. You know, right. like I think as a parent, that's the biggest responsibility is to not only make sure like you're, Cause like I think people get it confused like man you need to be wealthy so your kid can be wealthy and have the best and I don't really think that's what like all kids need they just need you know food a stable environment yeah. and a lot of love yeah you know and I think that's where as parents we get confused and even myself at times because you know I take the business so serious you know my mind is always in a thousand places you know there's I sometimes I forget that there's this little girl that also needs your attention just Absolutely. like all these other little stuff that you do and it's hard to balance sometimes it is I'm not gonna lie to you no I bet um I bet especially you know being a dad to a little girl sometimes you're like well what is that need especially being emotionally available for her yeah. And making yourself vulnerable enough to pay attention to her needs and just try to, like, shift in that space. That's a lot for a man to learn. Because, you know, I can say, like, growing up, y'all be a little proud for, like, y'all know everything. Like, y'all know every woman. And it's different because you don't, you know. So you have to take your time to get to know um, women and what best way to know your daughter. And to be able to, you know, just be able to coach her in a way that is you know, more defined as, like, femininity and protecting herself. Like you say, like, you protect us. She needs to know how to protect herself. And I think that's important. Um, And even, like, just with uh, this idea, just to reel it in just a little further, a lot of men are scared of taking that responsibility for their child. Like, a lot of people like, oh, I don't want to face the system. I don't want to face the courts. Mm -hmm. But you know that you'll be a better off support system Mm -hmm. than even the mother of your child. Like, Mm -hmm. how did you get over that hurdle with the courts and that type of dialogue to be able to, you know, have your child? Um, Man, to be honest with you, uh, a lot of people, you know, especially guys, just because of how the system works us, we feel like, for real, we feel scared to do anything because we feel like, you know, it's not like they're not going to be on our side in any type of way. You know, like a lot of the system was built for the mother, you know, mm-hmm. and I understand why. And so a lot of us won't fight for it. But it got to the point where, you know, I couldn't see my kid. I couldn't like there was just a lot of stuff that was going on where I was just like, you know what, let's go to the courts and let them handle this. Because mm-hmm. it's just like until I did that and got it on paper and then pff, I mean, I wouldn't say by the luck of God because I don't like talking like that and I don't like, you know what I mean? To me, I always look at it like if the mother of my child, you know what I mean, can get her life where it needs to be, I would love her to be there for my daughter. You know, I would Mm -hmm. never exclude her out of my daughter's life. I would never talk bad about her regardless of what she's done to me on a personal level or what she's said. I'm just not my type. I'm I'm just not that type, nor Mm -hmm. do I want my daughter to remember me like that. Right. So... Well, I think that the most important thing from that is saying, like, one, you you were tired. You were tired. Yeah. And, like, sometimes you got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired yeah. until you do something. That's with yeah. anything in life. But I think it, when it pertains to your seed, yeah. having that level of responsibility and influence and that level of 
like to do mm-hmm. is important because you see so many kids getting strung along in these toxic mm-hmm. relationships because either the woman or the man can't stand up and say, no, nah, we're not doing this. No, yeah. You know, it's, it's so no, not enough people are talking about it. And I know mm-hmm. people know that it can be uh, healthy and it can be, you know, a, a different co-parenting situation, no matter what the circumstance that the parent is or not. Um, and I, I think that that's why for this particular podcast interview, I want to highlight that because no one is openly talking about that. And I know some great fathers, yeah. but they will not go through the system because of like, oh, you don't want your name in the system. You don't want your name. But I don't even think it's about that. It's more about of the responsibility of being a provider. Yeah. And that's what I feel like that's what the man is created for, to be a provider. And if you feel and to be a nurturer, to be honest, yeah. they don't talk enough about that. Yeah. Like y'all, we learned that from y'all. Little do y'all know. Yeah. That we were second when it came to nurturing. So having that availability to nurture, to lead, to be an example, to be a provider, and a situation like that, I think is super important. Yeah, no, I, I mean, trust me. I mean, for I mean, there's not <laughs> too much like I wouldn't do for my daughter. You know, I mean, shoot, there was a time where you know before we had to go to court and all that. You know, she was taken, man, almost to Wisconsin. I had the choice of just being like, you know what. You guys live your life, man. What? As soon as I heard that, when I tell you, I was on in, on the highway three hours later, heading to Wisconsin to get my <laughs> daughter. Man, I don't play. Like even whatever she was born, she was born with a uh, cord wrapped around her neck, so mm-hmm. she was born premature. And I mean, she was in man the NICU for almost like a month and a half. I went every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, like I just. I just don't play. Even before she was born, I was at every doctor visit. I just don't, you know, when it comes to her, like, I just don't play. So if you had to, uh, maybe, you know, some fellas are listening who are in a dilemma where they're in that battle of do I mature, become a man, and stop playing these little boy games when it comes to my children? Or do I just, you know, go by the wayside? What would be, like, something that you'd be like, what would you say to them if they was listening, like, to encourage them to step it up? Well, it's, let's see, that's such a hard thing because it's situational. You know, it really just depends, like, you know, on the person's situation. You know what I mean? And, I mean, it goes back and forth, you know, deadbeat dad, deadbeat mom. You know what I mean? Sometimes both people make it in a way that they can't co-parent because nobody just wants to be like, you know what? I, I done had a child with this person, so I know how they are. Right. I'm going to just let it go when they talk like that because this isn't about me and your little squabble or me and your little thing. And, you know, and then a lot of it, too, is just like you got to step up like no like once again, single mom or single dad. Nobody wants to feel like they're doing this stuff on their own. Right. And after a while of feeling like you're doing this stuff on your own. It just like in any type of situation in life, you just feel like you're getting hustled. Like we did this together. Why are you reaping the benefits? And I'm, you know, like why am I happy to do? But you reap all the benefits because you get to call, make them happy. You get to send a little toy. You get to get them every once in a while. But when it comes down to the real nitty and gritty stuff, that's all me. And nobody should feel like, you know what I mean, for raising your, I mean, for taking care of our child you're getting lobster and I'm sitting here eating crackers. Like nobody wants to feel like that. Right. <laughs> you know, like, so I just, I, I say to the people that, you know, especially the, the guys, like, you know what I mean? If you are in a situation where it's just like, you know, 
you wasn't able to come through for whatever reason because you was trying to get your life together, you know what I mean? You got a one-year marker. If you can't get your life together after a year for your child, I'm not saying mm-hmm. give up. You need to do some internally looking inside yourself. Girl or, I mean, man or female. You need to look at yourself for real because, you know, like habits, you know what I mean? I think it takes, what, 60 days to break a bad habit? Yep. So I don't shoot, man. Three hundred and sixty-six days, and you couldn't break it, bro. Like you really need to look at yourself. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Um. I mean, and if you're not in that situation where you're not past the year or whatever, you know, never give up. Like people make mistakes. You know, there's never no time that you can't call that other person and be like, you know what? These last year, couple years, I really messed up. You ain't got to take my word about it. Actually, I'm gonna be more about my action. You can see by my action and we gonna go from there but from now on i'm finna be here like you know i'm really gonna be here like this is you know and i think a lot of different parents on both sides of the fence just want to hear that just you know what i mean they don't even necessarily want to pay back or like you know you know yeah they just want to know that okay like i'm not doing this alone right i can do this without you but yeah it's better to you know have the other partner and i know that because i i grew up in a single a parent household, my mm-hmm. mom. But looking back, I always be like calling my mom and that like, Ma, thank you for doing X, Y, and Z. I mm-hmm. appreciate it. Because mm-hmm. you sometimes you don't really mm-hmm. see until like you're you're older. But it also is why I put certain things in place in my life because I don't want to be a single mother. I don't mm-hmm. want my children to grow without their father. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I I really love the advice that you gave them because when it has to do with the internal look, you have to look at yourself mm-hmm. in order to be able to say, okay, this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. Then make that decision. Put a timeline mm-hmm. on it because yeah. a lot of people don't put a timeline on it. Mm-hmm. They're like, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. And then just that other piece about feeling like you're not doing it alone and having that apologetic tongue yeah. to be able to say you're sorry yeah. and yeah. own up. A lot of people don't, they too be too prideful. Yeah. They don't want to yeah. say they sorry. No. And that's like, <laughs> if I'm telling sorry, then it's, that's all I get. Like, mm-hmm. no, you can say you sorry. For me, I think saying sorry and being apologetic is the simplest thing. That's only the beginning to any healing or yeah. unforgiveness or whatever case may be. But I really, really, really enjoyed this aspect. So, um, we where so Ao is super entrepreneur okay he has some things going on here in springfield he has um basically the she, high school we go live or this no 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 okay. i'm okay we, we just gonna close it out for okay. a podcast and y'all still gonna hit this because y'all know i don't edit nothing no. hey that's <laughs> because it's real it's raw it's, it's raw called raw real. talks tv for a reason but um, I just want to make sure that they'll be able to follow you okay. um, on your social media pages and be able to follow what you're doing because he's doing some amazing things okay. here in Springfield as well as in um, Atlanta. We're not going to speak on that as of yet, Ooh, but he hey. has some things going on there. And um, I just would love for you guys to support all that he's doing, not just him being a, a man that's you know, really sold out for his dreams and for his family, but for an individual who's willing to share the knowledge. And this guy's willing to share the knowledge. So where can they follow you on um, social? Um, shoot, on IG, you can um, follow me at, at BP to plug. And I mean, that's pretty much the uh, tag across the board. BP to plug. Y'all feel me? Because he said he the plug, okay? And that's uh, at BP 
D-A plug. Yeah, and I'm going to put it in the description for y'all. So, thank you so much for being on my podcast. I really, really enjoyed talking to you, you know? I was, I was, I was. I get a lot of interviews, but not like this usually. You know, not talking about are, my personal, yeah. you know, my daughter, you know, so that was cool. You know? Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. People always say, like, nine times out of ten, when I interview somebody, it's their first time being interviewed in yeah. general okay. or their first time being interviewed on a specific topic, yeah. but they always know me. Yeah. And I remember I had interviewed this this guy named Ashley Theophane. He's like okay. a boxer in London. He was like, you're not always going to interview people that you know. Yeah. I was like, I know, but it just make yeah. it a little yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but even with people that I don't know, as long as they're not socially awkward, mm-hmm. and even if they were socially awkward, I know how to pull people out <laughs> their shell. You know, like, come talk, come and talk to me. No. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening in. Make sure that you follow us on Raw Talks TV. Um, you can follow us on our IG at Raw Talks TV as well as our YouTube channel, Raw Talks TV, and right here where every uh, where you can find um, your podcast, okay? So we will uh, see you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye.